Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2749. We found out recently that phase two of the High Republic mega enormous storytelling initiative is supposed to take place 150 years prior to the events of phase one. But what does that exactly mean and what are we going to encounter in phase two? Well, we've got some high level possibilities for you here today. Punch it. <laughs> Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. If you happen to be watching the video version of this and wondering why I'm all bundled up, well, here in New Hampshire it is zero degrees outside, negative 20 with the wind chill, and you know how <laughs> even when you're inside you just kind of can't shake the cold? Well, I've been out in it and yeah, still can't quite get it out of my bones, so <laughs> I'm bundled up even in the studio here. But I think that's enough talk about the weather. <laughs> Let's talk instead about the High Republic, about Phase 2, which is entitled Quest of the Jedi. And, you know, that's really kind of an interesting thing because it does suggest that the Jedi have a very particular purpose in this second phase of the High Republic that's taking place 150 years prior to the events of Phase 1. So that roughly starts us off in 382 BBY because Starlight Beacon launches in 232, just to give you the numbers. And so we're going to go over five particular categories of things that we might see, and I'm going to throw out a couple of extra wildcard things just for the fun of it. There's one particular group from Phase 1 of the High Republic that, you know, because of the fact that we encountered them, you might be curious about hearing more from them in Phase 2 and going back in time a bit, but I don't think we're going to see anything from them, and that's the Drengir. And the reason why I say that is because they had been you know, frozen, and the Great Progenitor, who is the main Drengir person, that particular Drengir had been frozen on the Maxine space station for many, many years by the time that we got to meet them initially in Into the Dark, and that was Claudia Gray's first novel in Wave 1 of Phase 1 of the High Republic. And at the time at which they were interacting with the Sith before the Sith put them into that stasis situation on the space station, well, that was a time period, the way that it was sort of portrayed... It was a time period that the Sith were operating more in the open, basically. And so that would actually put the Drengears freezing to well before any of the events that are going to be happening in this Phase 2 of the High Republic. And since we're bringing up the Sith, let's just lay out where they are right now. So the Sith are in hiding for all intents and purposes. They had the great Jedi-Sith War and it ended around 1032 BBY. And so the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy for a millennium, right? For a thousand years. So 1032 is a rough date, but close enough for government work, basically. But it's not as if the Sith don't exist. They're just in hiding. And we don't yet know the lineage yet, but I have a feeling we might get an idea because of one thing particularly, which is the Acolyte TV series. We know that there's going to be somebody influenced by the Sith in this series. And the last thing that we knew was that there was Darth Bane at the end of the Jedi-Sith War, and he had an apprentice, Darth Xana, I believe it was. And Darth Xana is the last Darth that we know about. So there's definitely been a rule of two lineage of having a master and an apprentice going down and down and down until we get to Darth Plagueis and Darth Sidious. But, you know, where... <laughs> 
the situation is in the in-between, that we don't know. So wouldn't it be fun to get a little of that filled in? And speaking of the Jedi, after the end of the Jedi-Sith War, they basically returned to their role of acting as Guardians of Peace and Justice in the galaxy. So that was pretty much where they were. And from that point on, looking at the Republic, the Republic established its base of operations on Coruscant at the end of the war and then started rebuilding and ushering in a new era of peace and prosperity which led to the eventual golden age that we encounter in the High Republic. So you would think that we would be in the midst of that building in Quest of the Jedi. So where then are we going to see conflict in phase two? I mean, the notion of Jedi on a quest, right? Quest of the Jedi suggests that that's where they're going to encounter some resistance, but where's it gonna come from? It doesn't seem like it's necessarily gonna come from the Nile at this point because back at this time, if they're even in existence, they are just getting started. Like they're a loosely organized collective band of pirates operating in the mid-rim before Asgar Roe gets a hold of them. And that has much to do with the Santeca clan, which I think, you know, as we've mentioned on a couple of previous podcasts, is going to be a major part of the storytelling in phase two. So here's how they talk about the Santeca clan, how Charles Sewell introduced it before the High Republic actually even launched. Once just a family of hard scrabble hyperspace prospectors seeking valuable routes in the outer reaches of the galaxy, the Santeca clan have become a dynasty at the forefront of technologies and techniques that let Chancellor Lena So's great galactic republic continue to expand safely to new areas. Overseen by Scions Marlowe and Velis Santeca, the clan operates in close conjunction with the Republic and becomes crucial to its response to the great disaster. But the Santecas have a secret. Their rise did not come without a cost. So it's that great cost that I feel like is going to be revealed in the events of phase two because also we have to consider the fact that Mari Santeca, who is the Santeca clan member who discovered the paths, who was subsequently kidnapped by Asgar Roe and then kept in that medical stasis tube for more than a century, or at least she was kept alive for more than a century, definitely beyond her normal lifespan. You know, if you do the math on that, that means that she's been alive since before 332 BBY. So that puts us 100 years. So it's not quite to the 382 situation that we start this new phase of the High Republic with, but it's kind of in the neighborhood and they've never really specified like how much longer than a century she's been alive. What they did specify is that she found the paths or was able to access the paths from the age of six. And it was after that that Asgar Roe was able to get a hold of her. So wouldn't it be something if it turns out that she was six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old by the time of 382 BBY and that's when she becomes a target of Asgar Roe, or at least when their fame and fortune happens, basically. So, you know, it's not a perfect theory necessarily because the Wikipedia listing about hyperspace prospecting and mapping says that the Galactic Republic had undergone an effort to map hyperspace routes in 332 BBY. So that would be, you know, along the time when, uh, you know, Mari had possibly been kidnapped, maybe a little bit after that. Maybe it was when the Santecas, you know, first got going and really got popular. That's 
you know, took a lot of time. And then and that is when the Republic started partnering with them for more detailed and intense mapping because they were proving that they could actually do this and do this well. Claudia Gray in the High Republic anniversary special talked about this particular period of time as an era of expansion, uh, exploration. Oh gosh, it was two words. It was either expansion or exploration and invention for sure. But it kind of gets across the same point, I think. And so, yeah, it feels very much like the Santecas are going to be deeply involved in this and connected to the very earliest origins of the Nile and also for the burgeoning republic looking to grow and become the golden era that it was about to achieve. All right, so let me throw in two, you know, sort of wild card thoughts, and then we'll call it a podcast. First of all, I want to say something about Yoda. So Yoda would be 550 years old, roughly, at this point, and they've really kind of, you know, been light on their play with Yoda. He hasn't had a lot of action in the High Republic so far, so wouldn't it be fantastic to get an even younger, even more spry Yoda involved in all of the festivities? I think that would be absolutely terrific, and I hope they do it. The other thing I want to flag is Mandalorians. We have not had a whiff of anything Mandalorian in the High Republic really so far, and if you look at Legends, there was basically, you know, there's the whole Jedi Mandalorian War, and in Legends, the situation with the Jedi and the Mandalorians that left Mandalore, essentially a you know wasteland desert planet, that happened in and around 700 or so before the Battle of Yavin. So definitely a long time before we are in this new phase of the High Republic, but just remember that that's no longer canon, so they can decide if they want to that... Mandalorian conflict between the Jedi and, you know, and Mandalorians, Mandalorian conflict, <laughs> that that could happen in and around the 382 period instead if they wanted to. And of course, Mandalorian related storytelling is pretty popular <laughs> in Star Wars right now, and we're only going to be digging deeper into it when we get to season three of The Mandalorian as well. Not to mention the renaissance of Boba Fett, who, you know, is kind of Mandalorian, but maybe not. You know, there's all that whole discussion that that we've had previously about that and how much he's actually owning any of his Mandalorian heritage. And I'm sure we'll have more discussions about that as the Book of Boba Fett continues. But there you go. That's what I've got for you on the 150 years prior to phase one of the High Republic, what phase two might look like, the things, the people, the characters, the groups, the situations that might come into play. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it. As always, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.